श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय गौर भक्त बिंद की जाय श्री कृष्ण जन्माष्टमी महामोत्सव तिथि की जाय सो इवनिंग एवरीवन एंड नाउ वी फाइनली कम टू द कॉम्बिनेशन ऑफ आवर सेलिब्रेशन वी हैव बीन सेलिब्रेटिंग सिंस लास्ट सैटरडे मॉर्निंग स्टार्टिंग विद बालदेव पूर्णिम एंड For those of you who weren't here, it's been like this, more or less, morning and evening. So a lot of discussion, and and um, you know, some of them were uh, discussions were lengthy and um, much to do with the philosophical underpinning, uh, theological underpinning to the whole idea of the Janmashtami. So I'll try to be philosophically light uh, tonight. and brief as well given that um we have a packed schedule this evening up until uh, midnight and beyond and um that uh, is going to consist of after this short talk which I'll just try to tell the the, the story if you will the leela as we know it's more than a story but we've been talking about it and what it is and how to think of it philosophically and so forth for, for quite some time so I'll tell the story and um that'll be followed by i think uh, an artistic performance uh depicting uh, something about the uh, leela is it mm-hmm. what Atmasamarpane, the Basong by Bhakti Vinod Thakur, describing says something central to uh, Sharanagati, the idea of being surrendered. So that'll be depicted in dance. It's a nice song, and that'll be, I think, no, no, something. After the talk, there's going to be a movie. That's what it is. Uh, Then there's a dance. Oh, and then that's. <laughs> the navi shake for for chetan mahaprabhu krishna and then uh, kirtan dance kirtan art and something like that but they've got a tight schedule so i'll be, try to be brief and and uh so the story uh we are, we are graced of course by chetan mahaprabhu the founder of our lineage some 500 years ago who is uh, avatar of krishna for the kali yuga and he uh Uh, made a point to celebrate this Janmashtami himself. Janma means birth, Ashtami means eighth. So it's the eighth day of the waxing moon in what the month of Bhadra. Full moon was on Saturday. That's Ram's appearance, Balram, and now we have at midnight tonight the appearance of Krishna. And <coughs> he has taught through his uh, chief. Um, ambassadors philosophical proponents the goswami shrup sanatan jeev goswami and so forth that this observance of janmashtami is very important as we've discussed in other days it is considered uh, bhavanu cool that means it is something that is favorable to the bhava of braj of the leela that fuels the leela that makes it go around those feelings if you will of parental and friendly and uh, romantic love and so forth we describe these as the as the principal forces in existence from the perspective of 
of, of, of consciousness rather than electromagnetic forces and gravitational forces which apply to the objective side of the world, matter. Um, so with consciousness being more predominant, more prominent, more important, and so forth, these are the more important forces. This fuels the world of love that our world is a shadow of. So, uh, that is called bhavo, or rasa, rasananda, rasovaisaha. Hmm? And the devotees who uh, practice uh, bhakti in this uh, Krishna bhakti tradition, they aspire to attain a, a place in that idyllic realm and to uh, connect with those primal, if you will, uh, primary uh, forces of existence, forces of love, and uh, connect with them in such a way that they become centered on the, on the, on the real center and of life and thus become fulfilling and meaningful. And so, Baba Anukul means a, a particular practice that's Anukul, that's favorable to the, the cultivation of that. So, the observance of John Mastami is one such um, event, one such practice. It's practiced annually. And, uh, of course, it's very culturally rich and it's very philosophically and theologically profound, more culturally rich perhaps than the, um, than the frankincense and the priestly attire in the Latin in the Latin Mass of the Catholics of time gone by and times gone by and the more philosophically profound and essential than the Zen cone and uh, Buddhist austerity and so forth is very uh, uh, rich culturally and very deep and profound philosophically it's observed by fasting throughout the day until midnight traditionally, and emphasis on hearing and chanting. The devotees fast on this day, and they cook more than any other day hmm, at the same time. So, uh, it's said that without understanding any of these things, even by participating in it, it promotes naturally by itself, um, uh, it, 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 it propels the mind hmm, in, in the direction of Krishna. Hmm. So, a powerful uh, observance and recommended by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And it is, again, the observance of the birth of the unborn. So these are, again, philosophical, some of them. Secrets, that we won't go into it. Depth. But the story hmm, of Krishna's birth it, um, it, it begins with the uh, description of his lineage, family lineage, his family tree, if you will. And it's described in the sacred text that uh, the uh, great-grandfather of Krishna, I believe his name was Devamidha, he had two sons. Hmm? He had two wives, too, which was common in days gone by. Mm -hmm. And uh, it shouldn't be thought about as polygamy is today because it wasn't the same. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the same kind of abuses that get people locked up and so on. So um, one son 
well, wealth, um, strength, aishvaryasya, viryasya, um, beauty, three, help me count, three, uh, beauty and fame, knowledge and renunciation. So you have, you have wealth and strength. Then on the other end of the six, we have knowledge and renunciation. And in between we have beauty and fame. So beauty and fame are said to be the opulences, if you will, the most um, powerful, most attractive. Hmm? These, these, these Aishwaryas are said that this is a way in which Parashara, the father of Vyas, defined God. Aishvaryasya samagrasya viryasya yasasyasriya jnanabhayaragayasya he said that uh, who has these things? They're attractive. We're attracted to knowledge. We're attracted to persons who have wealth. We're attracted to persons who have fame and beauty and knowledge and people who are renounced, living in the forest. We wonder what's going on there. Attractive there also something. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't need anything. So, <clears throat> who has all of those in full is all attractive. Bhagwan means, bhag means like this, these opulence, Bhagavan, Bhan, who possesses them all. Jiva Goswami translated, who is irresistible? This is a, this is a, that's for the name. Krishna, Karshati comes from the root, means attractive. Hmm? Has the power to attract. So he has all opulence in full. So amongst these opulences, in two pairs, two, four, and six, two are in the middle, fame and beauty, as those are the most attractive, it's said, uh, then Nanda stood out hmm, as the middle son between Nanda, there's five of course, but he was the middle. Two on one side, two on the other side, he was in the middle. This is a way of saying he was just very extraordinary amongst the five. Hmm? You notice that his name is just Nanda straight, so it's a more a full idea of bliss. He gave bliss to everyone else. He gave joy to everyone else. So, the Parjanya, he ruled over the community wisely and generously, fairly and so forth. And it came time for to pass the the, uh, the staff, the stick, the cowherd stick or whatever, to uh, his eldest son who would then take over the community. And um, so that's Upananda, oldest son. So he became the, the uh, successor to the the kingdom of cowherds, it's kind of a funny idea, um, because the cowherds typically, they, they're like jungle people in India, really, they're quite in, you know, an outback, so to speak, and uh, so anyway, they're a little kingdom of sorts, and um, Upananda became the king, but the first thing that he did when he was officially made the king of the cowherds was passed the throne on to the middle son, Nanda. He said, after all, I am only an Upananda. Upananda means, it can mean a number of things, but the prefix here means the way he uses it is, I am a little Nanda. Hmm? <laughs> this, the middle son is, is the full face of, of, of Nanda, of bliss. So, no one had any envy. Hmm? This is the quality of the Vaishnava, Nirmat Saranam Sadam. No envy. Hmm? Truthful. Hmm? It was a really this is what this constitutes. That this is a nice idea. Hmm? 
a natural authority, like anarchism, for example, is thought to be, perhaps by those who are not that well informed, as something against authority. Hmm? But it's really, if you study it carefully, it's really against uh, artificial authority. Whereas the natural authority that people command by their various qualities and abilities is recognized and the world should be ruled, it is thought, by such. So this is how the, how this, this is very close to the spiritual idea, of course. Hmm? It's interesting because it's a philosophy that's anti-authoritarian and if we look at it carefully and we examine all the qualities that we, uh, and, and the competence of who has come into the picture of our life, either directly or indirectly perhaps through the sacred texts or historical texts and so forth, we find authority and if we come to Krishna and we study the personage of Krishna very carefully, we find well, here at the supreme authority not a forced authority, not an artificial authority. Mm. After all, he's the son of Nanda. He's called Nanda, Nandana. Mm. As the son is the joy of the, of the father, for example, so Nanda, Nandana. He means he's the joy of joy. Mm. And uh, he rules, the idea of Krishna, of course, is that he rules by affection. Mm. We study the life of Krishna, we see this Krishna who's, I said he had two fathers, so he's born once in the pasture and once in the kingdom of Mathura from two different fathers and two different mothers. We'll have to explain that to some extent, but this pastoral Krishna, the son of Nanda, hmm, and they're both the same. They're born at different times, same time, different places, of different parents, but they're both the same. They're both the same, but they're both different. They're, one is, one is, an, is, a, is an aspect of the other. And what is the one? The one who rules by affection is the one who is ruled by affection. Hmm? That's a fact. Hmm? We can rule by affection, really, if we have been ruled by affection. In other words, if we've, if we've, been, if we've grown up in a loving environment, then knowing something about love and experience it in the form, experiencing it in the formative years, then that will form our life and we'll be of an affectionate and loving nature ourselves. So I cite a little bit the loving nature of the grandfather Parjanya and his father. Hmm? Nanda means bliss, but bliss, ananda means also love. That's what it means. Hmm? Ananda, as I said before, the Godhead is constituted of three kind of phases or aspects of its uh, being. Existence, knowledge and bliss or being, knowing and loving. Hmm? So being, knowing and loving. We can love to be. Hmm? We can love to know about being. Hmm? Or we can be, exist to love. We can love to exist or we can exist to love. Hmm? Gyanmarg is for to, ex to, to love to exist in an enduring way, and the Bhakti Marg is about existing to love. Hmm? That existence, when we exist to love, that existence is the most full existence. Hmm? And when we, we know only what we need to know to love, love has a kind of a knowledge within it. It's pregnant with essential knowledge, nothing extra, no extra baggage of just adding things on to know. Hmm? Hmm? 
what you need to know only. Love is equipped with this, essential knowing. So the loving, when we identify fully, when we come to union with the loving aspect of the Absolute, we come more fully in contact with the being and the knowing aspect, which may be understood by other disciplines, apparently more so, if the Gyanmark focuses on loving to be, you'd think that the being there would be more profound. But actually, interestingly, it's the other way around. When you be to love, when you exist only to love, the existence becomes more meaningful. Hmm? And the knowing becomes more meaningful. Hmm? So, Krishna, <clears throat> he is the, the, the love aspect of the Absolute, the heart of uh, divinity, if we have the wisdom of the Buddha, the sacrificing of the Christ, and so forth, we go cross-culturally, and then within Hinduism we find so many other gods and goddesses and so forth, we just look at them objectively, and what's being said there, by the way they're depicted and experienced and so forth, we find, oh, Krishna is only loving in the pastoral setting. Hmm? This is the original Krishna. There he's surrounded by Prema Madhurdhya. It's such a, a Extraordinary love, Lakshmi Sahastra Sata Sambrahma. Lakshmi Sahastra Sata Sambrahma, Sevyamano. Sambrahma, Sevyamano, and Lakshmi Sahastra. It is said that in, in Vaikuntham, Narayan is the god. He has four arms, so he's God, obviously. Because, you know, they say, well, you ask your mother, can you do this? She says, I've only got two arms. Okay, you have to wait. So the idea is, if I had four hands, maybe I could do that, but I don't. So who has four hands, this means that's God. Hmm? So Narayan is a god. He has four arms. And he has one Lakshmi who serves him reverentially. But in Vrindavan we find Krishna in his adolescence, we're skipping ahead here for a moment, from his birth, Lakshmi Sahasra Satasandama Sevimana. Not one Lakshmi, one goddess of fortune, but Lakshmi Sahasra Gokul Taruni. Gokul Taruni, all the young Taruni girls of Gokul, they all fell in love with Krishna, hmm? naturally. Hmm? And their love, Lakshmi Sahasra Sambrahma Sevyamano. This is not a lot like the love of Lakshmi for Narayan. This is a different kind of love. Her love makes Krishna have four arms and go Om and give Gyan Mudra, give blessings and so forth. The gopi's love, Radhika's love for Krishna, makes him do something else. He doesn't stand up and give a blessing. He passes out. Hmm? <laughs> he says, Ami Shishu Guru Nata. Radhikar Premera Unmata. He says, really, if you look carefully, of course, Krishna has a father. Father's kind of a guru in a Vedic culture. Krishna has an elder brother, Ram. That's a kind of a guru. Ram is the Mariada Purush, the, the guru of, of Krishna who makes sure that he doesn't disobey his mother hmm? mm -hmm. and sees to that he's properly conducting himself. This is Mariada, hmm? proper etiquette and so forth. This is his business. Hmm? We have Krishna got initiated in Mathura from Sandipani Muni. This is his, his Diksha guru and Radhika is his Ragmarg guru. He says, Brahman is speaking, the Purna Brahma. He says, I'm a, I'm a student in her school of dancing. Ami Shishu Guru Nata. She is my dancing uh, guru. I am the disciple. Radhikar Premera Unmada. The love of Radha that drives me mad. 
Hmm? This causes me to 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 pass out. Hmm? Uh, that's why it's easy to capture Krishna by hearing the Bhagavatam. Becomes arrested in the heart of the devotees. Easy to catch. Because we recite Bhagavatam, it comes to all these things. And what are we talking about? The love of Radha for Krishna. He passes out, you can grab him. Hmm? You can catch him there. Hmm? This is the idea. Is a, love is a weakness, you know. Hmm? So strong that you cannot let go of that. It's a weakness that gives so much strength. Hmm? So Krishna is Brahman, weak, hmm? weakened by the influence of his Shakti, and thus more accessible. Hmm? The possibility of, of getting close to God is there, much more so than what we find with Lakshmi's love for Narayan. This is a reverential love. He has forearms, he's obviously God, and so forth. There's some distance. There is worshipper and object of worship, some distance. But in Braj, in Vrindavan, that distance, that gap is bridged. When worship becomes love, then the object of love and the love become one. Hmm? This is called mamata. It's a characteristic of brain. Mamata is minus. If it's mine, it's, it's really me. Think about it talked about this a little this morning. If it's mine, then it's me. In other words, if it's my car, then I'm a Prius guy or a, a Volvo lady, or, right? Hmm? If it's mine, it's me. So when the minus, minus, mamata, is in relation to Krishna, to God, hmm? that is it, then become one. Hmm? That informs my identity. This is a dynamic kind of unity. The love and the object of love are one and different at the same time. Hmm? So in Vrindavan, very affectionate environment, hmm? the father of Krishna is bliss itself, hmm? himself. His father, generosity himself. This is a way of talking about this realm saturated with love and affection. Hmm? It begins with Sakyam. Sakyam, Aho Bhagyam, Aho Bhagyam, Nanda Gopa Brashokasam, Yamitram Paramanandam, Puna Brahma Sanatanam. The four-headed one, Brahma, well thought out, is the idea. Hmm? He saw the Leela of Krishna in Vrindavan with his friends. He said, Aho Bhagyam, Aho Bhagyam, Nanda Gopa Brashokasam, Yamitram Paramanandam, Puna Brahma Sanatanam. He said, I can't, yeah, uh, the Purna Brahma, the, 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 the uh, supreme existence, the supreme um, uh, Brahman, he's here uh, playing with these uh, cows and cowherds uh, like ordinary friends uh, in intimacy. He said, this whole place, the people of Nanda, hmm? Nanda Gopa, Brajokasam, these people, what, what is their position? What are their fortune? Hmm? Purna Brahma has become their friend. He he couldn't figure out with his four heads what it means. There's such a such affection. There's such possibility for loving existence. And of course, this is again what we're looking for. These are the real forces of existence, not a gravitational pull, not electromagnetic force, but the force of love, fraternal love, 
paternal love, romantic love. In this Vrindavan, it starts with this. It starts with Sakya. Samdasyam, but it tinged with Sakya. Then Sakya tinged with Tasya. Then Sakya, Sakya. <laughs> then Sakya and Vatsalya mixed together. Sakya and Madhurya. Then pure Madhurya. Hmm? And Madhurya, Madhurya. Hmm? Hmm. This is the this is the, this is this is where the Gaudiya people, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, put your aim there, make your focus there, to this land. Hmm? Hmm. That Krishna is ruling by love, by affection. We study that, we see all the gods, goddesses, all the administrators, the presidents, the the dictators, the the parents who weren't loving, all those authorities that we've rejected. Hmm? Because they weren't naturally authoritative. They didn't rule over my heart. I'm run by my heart. I'm driven by my heart. Wherever the heart goes, that is the driver of the chariot of the body. And run by they got the horses of the senses and the reins of the mind, but wherever the heart goes, the chariot of the body and mind must must follow. Bhakti tradition is coming to capture the heart. Krishna is the heart of the absolute truth, and we're speaking about the, the Brahman's romantic life. We think, how could God have a romantic life? Then we should stop and think, why not? Why not? If we are made in the image of God, as it's sometimes thought, then hmm? we have a romantic life. We, can, we, we move in this world oh, for love. We cannot rest until we find love. When we find love, then what do we do? We start moving again, right? We're moving in another circle then. It's like this, it's a ride. Oh, but she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. But it's like those roller coasters. You get on, you know, it's, oh, I don't know. But you don't, when you're a kid anyway, you don't want to get off. You want to go back on. You know, it's, a, it's the thrill, <laughs> the thrill of it all, something like that. So... Mm. This means that spiritual life is dynamic. It's not static. It's, it's static in the sense that it ends the, 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 the apparent dynamics of material life where there seems to be variety, and, but actually, if you look at it carefully, punapunas charvita charvananam. Prahlad weighed in on it. He said, it's chewing this chewed, chewing something that's already been chewed over again. When we were kids, this was quite a long time ago, we used to, in school, have little wooden desks and we'd have bubble gum. We, the teachers would be boring and we wouldn't be interested. We'd chew on the gum and we'd take it out and put it under the... When, it, the when, it, when it ran out of, you know, sweet. And then we'd, after a while, try that again. Yeah. <laughs> right? it, was a, it was a system. <laughs> They're entertainments. So, <laughs> so is it a, you know, you can mix it up however you want. Hmm? Um, but it's the same basic... Uh, ingredients and the ingredients have them be different than what we are. They are the observed, we are the observer. So we want to mix with consciousness, the possibilities of consciousness. I've compared our material life to a frozen life, like ice, and our spiritual life to like water. So what are the possibilities of water compared to ice? Hmm? You cannot, so, so what are our possibilities in consciousness? Love will be found there, much as we separate ourselves from the exploitation that bodily identification implicates us in. You have to eat, right? Oh, well, you have to kill something hmm, in order to eat. 
So if you really want to be non-exploitative, then you somehow have to separate yourself from this bodily conception of life. This is what yoga is about. It's a great science, actually. So, in bhakti, anyway, we, we, we are focused on the loving aspect of the Absolute and an existence and a knowing that is so perfect and complete. And Krishna embodies this. So, he, he, he rules by affection. He, he, his, uh, if you understand it properly, it takes good, good counsel, good guidance, and so forth. It, it takes coming in touch with somebody who's fallen in love with Krishna. Then it becomes a little contagious. That person, he or she, will talk about it in such a way that it becomes compelling. It wears off on us. It catches on to us. It's something like I went and saw this movie. It was so great. You've got to see it. you just got to see this movie. You've got to go there. And, and so <laughs> on the, the basis of his or her animation and excitement about that, we think, all right, all right, I'll go, I'll go. Hmm? Something like that. Hmm? So that person creates in us a sympathetic heart for the, for the drama. Hmm? There's a, a priming of the heart. So when the heart becomes really prime, then we get a real ticket to go there. Hmm? And we, we take the beads, we chant on the beads, and so forth. Anyway, so, hmm? rules by affection, by love, in the Brajlila of Krishna, in the pastoral lila. Hmm? He's doing nothing but loving. There's some demons that, in the Leela that come from outside. They come from outside. Hmm? They're not present there. Hmm? They come from outside, they enter by the, the henchmen of Kamsa. Hmm? And it's said that because all feature aspects of the Godhead are in Krishna, the full face of love, then another one of those aspects within him that establishes Dharma and and distinguishes between the good and the bad distinguishes, slays the demon. Hmm? And I'll give you the example. After the birth of Krishna, the witch Putana came to kill him. Hmm? She disguised herself like a mother and put poison on the tip of her breast. And she came into the, into the, into the village and she looked like a heavenly goddess. So the mother said, oh, she's come to, to bless the child. Hmm? So she wanted to offer her breast milk. This is like insidious. You can imagine an infant can't protect himself at all. Mother comes, hmm, gives her breast, softest, tenderest part, and, and the nourishment from that. And in the context of that, poisons. This is a story for CNN. This is one of those, you know, one of those crimes that gets played out for months, and they have good lawyers, and she gets off the hook, and so forth. <laughs> Krishna let her off the hook. What can you do? Hmm? You think she should be condemned. Hmm? Well, the Vishnu in him said, killed her, and the Krishna hmm, gave her Vatsalya Bhakti. Hmm? He gave her a role in his Leela hmm, as a mother hmm, in a new shape made of Satchidananda. Hmm? Therefore, the learned Uddhava said, He's shaking his head. I can't, uh, I, he's Krishna's counsel in another place in Dwarka, counselor. He said, who in their right mind would worship anyone other than Krishna? Let you see what happened. He gave this story. She smeared her breast with poison and he gave her Vatsalya Rasa. He's bewildered by that. Who would, who would hang their head, bow their head anywhere else? Who in their right mind? This was his kind of reasoning. So, the point is that in Krishna in the Brat, you're only loving. Hmm? 
as he starts to move out of that environment towards Mathura and Dwarka, Vaikuntha and so forth, then the, the love is slightly different and it causes a different face of that person, Krishna, to, be, to, be, to show himself. Hmm? And it's more apparent in that situation that he's God. Hmm? So the love starts to create a little distance of reverence and so forth. But in the Vrindavan, that's not the case. They don't know that Krishna's God. And you know what else? Krishna doesn't know that he's God. Hmm? He forgets that by the force of the love. So he's loved so much. The bhakti has reached such a pitch. Hmm? You see? And he is one with that. So he, has, he rules naturally by his affection. If you study it, your heart will be ruled. Hmm? So, son of Nanda, but here was the problem. Hmm? Nanda married the beautiful uh, Jashoda. Jashoda. Yashoda means fame, Da means to give, giver of fame. Hmm? We'll, we'll explain how, but first, beautiful wife, and so now he's the king, kingdom is passed on to him, and all the inhabitants are so happy, and they're waiting a little bit, and they want him to have a son who will be the successor. Hmm? the king, the cowherds. And so they're waiting and, and life goes on and Nanda and Dishoda, they get quite old hmm? over time and they didn't have any, ch any children. And no son who would be the heir in that system. So this was a, such a place full of happiness, full of joy, no fear, no anxiety whatsoever. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibited this Vrindavan in his Leela when he chanted in the Jarikanda forest. And by his chanting, he caused tigers to embrace elephants. Hmm? And those who were uh, opponents naturally by the law of nature to one another, they, they, they became um, friends hmm? with the power of this chanting, this idea of Vrindavan. You know, because love turns faults into ornaments. That's what it does. Hmm? And of his power, right? So, they had no problem. Only one problem. They started to, started to become an anxiety. Nanda has no son. Nanda has no son. He's getting old. Who's going to be the successor? So, they, some anxiousness, you see, was there. So, spiritual life has some anxiousness, some yearning to it, some longing. It's uh, it, in bhakti. It is an aspiration, a spiritual aspiration. Hmm? Uh, it's not. It's not just the ending of our longing for things that don't endure, but the longing for an enduring and loving existence. Hmm? So they, they they exhibit this in the leela. They start to have a longing. They start to have a a spiritual anxiousness, a spiritual anxiety. The path to bridges is said to be traversed by greed. What is that verse? Krishna Bhavita? Hmm. Oh. Anyway, by greed. Nice verse by Rupa Goswami. He said, whatever, you have many billions of pious activities, millions of mantras, whatever, so they will not get this Braj Bhakti. But if you get a greed for that, greed sounds unbecoming, right? Hmm? It is. Uh, and so in the Leela, it's unbecoming. Because they treat Krishna not like God. That's you should treat him like God. And by Kunta, they're thinking, how can they treat him like that? Hmm? In Dwarka, they're thinking, how can they treat him like that? 
Hmm? Such as the force of love. It's a spiritual greed. So anyway, the inhabitants started to exhibit the spiritual greed, lobha. Hmm? This is the gives us eligibility to tread that path. They were, they were greedy. They were anxious. Hmm? Nanda doesn't have a son, and on the scene appeared appeared a mystic lady, hmm? a mystic lady and a young boy, and they said, "Oh goodness, oh, and you must be." Uh, you're uh, some kind of auspicious mystical person appearing in our midst. And so you please, um, what, how can we serve you? Hmm? And what is your name? And so forth. And, and so she said, uh, my name is Purnamasi. Hmm? I am without, uh, um, uh, I, I live alone, but this guy is always with me, this young boy. We always stay in these forms, just like this. We never age. Hmm? This is my. This is this is the person. This is the personification of uh, of uh, of Narada, hmm? which you meant to say philosophically relates. This is the origin of Narada. Hmm? You heard of Narada Muni? Hmm? Narada Muni. He's called uh, yes. He's called Narada Muni. Narada Muni. So Narada Muni is the is the, is the incarnation of Madhu Mangal in the Brajalila. Narada comes from Madhu Mangal. Hmm? This is, all these Braj inhabitants of Krishna, uh, associates, when Krishna has an avatar of another type, they all go with him in different forms. They have their roles there. They're all, that retinue is always with him. Krishna's never alone. He's always with his associates in different settings. So, Narada. Hmm? Um, in Alila, it appeared like Narada was the teacher of, of Madhu Mangal previously, but actually he comes from Madhu Mangal. So she said, so we, we're together. We, when we've come here... And they said, well, we, you're an auspicious lady and, and this Brahmin boy here seems very extraordinary, so we'd like to build you a house along the Krishna. Krishna means black. Hmm? And Jamuna, another name for Jamuna is Krishna, it means black. She, her river is black, black water. Hmm? It's, it's, it's really the perspiration of Krishna melting under the influence, the heat of Radharani's love and separation becomes the Jamuna. So they saw the. We'd like to build you a house along the Krishna. She said, "Well, what you said is very, very well said. Yes, I will live here along with Krishna. Hmm? You build me a little house there, a little hut. I will live in the forest along the Jamuna. And you have spoken prophetically. Hmm? Hmm? And I want to tell you, is this? Uh, uh, I've come to uh, tell you something very auspicious. Nanda will have a son. Nanda Nisoda will have a son." And so they were all joyous about it. Meanwhile, Nanda had, along with Yashoda, had been experiencing this problem repeatedly. Every time they thought, Nanda thought, I want to have a son. And Yashoda thought, I would like to have a son. Then they both, both lost interest. Therefore, they could never have a son. And so they shared notes at one point. Hmm? And Nanda said, here's the problem. Every time I think I want to have a son, then I start to think, what kind of son will it be? Oh, he'll be so beautiful. I want a son who's more beautiful than Narayan, than God, who's more has more extraordinary qualities than Narayan, who's more more uh, generous than Narayan. And then I realize that's an illusion. You can't have a son who's more beautiful and charming and generous and wise than God. Hmm? So then I become discouraged. And she said, same thing happens to me. 
<laughs> Whenever I think of having a son, I think like that. What should we do? Hmm? So Yashoda came up with the idea. Let us perform a vow hmm, for one year, the Dwadasa, uh, what is it? Uh, yep. Dwadasa Vrata. It's, a, it's a, like a fast for like, like only drinking milk for a year to sustain yourself. Hmm? It's not that hard. You have cows like ours. <laughs> but this is a, a certain kind of vrata to please Narayan. So they don't do these vows and austerities for any reason, but to please, please the Godhead. And if he's pleased with us, then maybe he'll resolve our problem somehow. Hmm? So they resorted as Sharanagatas, surrendered people, to the worship of Narayan to resolve their dilemma. So for one year, hmm, they followed this vow, drinking only milk and other attendant rules with it. So they lived a very strictly sense-controlled life, you can imagine, for one year. We're fasting for one day here. Hmm? So for one year they invoked a milk fast only and other rules and so forth. shows the measure of their control. They were yogis in the fullest sense. Well, they didn't look like it ostensibly. Hmm? And so after one year then, um, Narayan appeared simultaneously to each of them mystically and said, yes, I will appear. Hmm? I, will, I will arrange for a son that, that fulfills your ambitions. They didn't know what to expect. Hmm? Huh? But this corresponded then with this Purnamasi coming and announcing to the community she was a mystic, so she could understand in the context of the Leela. And so everyone became happy then. Now they're waiting and anticipating for the sun and, and so forth. And as the pregnancy develops and goes on and uh, gets into the later months, then the son, the, the wife of Vasudev, hmm, who's the other son of who's the who's the who's the brother of Parjanya, hmm? who was born in a warrior family. Hmm? Sura, his son, was Vasudev. Hmm? Uh, see, so this Vasudev and Nanda, they're related, kind of half brothers type, uh, kind of cousin type thing. Hmm? So, so Vasudev, his wife, he had two wives, one Rohini, one Devaki. Hmm? He had been, meanwhile, imprisoned. In, in 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 the city in in Mathura, uh, because the uh, the envious and uh, demonic king Kamsa had heard on the wedding day of his Devaki was his sister, sister yeah sister, and so he perform, performing the wedding uh, wedding procession and an oracle came from the sky and said the eighth son of Devaki will kill you you demon, huh? he thought. <laughs> So he, he, so he, so he became fearful and outraged, and he started to kill Devaki right there in the wedding procession. Can you imagine that on their wedding day? But Vasudev, the husband, said, "Hold on, think about it philosophically for a moment. What will this won't be good for you?" Hmm? And then finally he said, "And besides all that philosophy, I promise I'll bring you the son, hmm? the eighth son. I'll bring you all the sons of Devaki up until the eighth son." So he thought, "Well, this Vasudev, he'll never lie." This guy, he's a real goody-goody. This guy, he'll never, he's one of these Vaishnavas. He'll, he, he follows Vishnu, he's satam, truthful. Satam means devotee, truthful, thoroughly honest. Hmm? He says, so he'll never lie, so I'm, I'm safe. Hmm? So, meanwhile then, 
Still, he thought a little bit afterwards, anyway, I'll make a double safe measure and I'll imprison them. So he put the husband and wife into prison, and as the children were being born, one after another, he took them and killed them. One, two, three, four, five, six. But the seventh son, hmm? seventh son appeared to be a miscarriage. So we learned earlier in our talks this week that what happened was, what was that Krishna, visibly unborn yet, sent his internal shakti, we call it yoga maya, and said that you take the child hmm, that's in the womb of Devaki and transfer to the womb of Rohini. That child in the womb of Devaki is my partial manifestation, Ram. He goes there, we talked about this this morning, like the Guru, hmm, to make the place ready for Krishna's birth in the, in the, from, from Devaki. Hmm. So then go, you, you go into Rohini's womb, because Ram in his full sense is the son of Rohini, Rohini Nandana. So when the pregnancy of Yashoda, it's complicated, in the Braj was developing, suddenly Nanda, uh, 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 Vasudev from the prison said, you better get out of here, Rohini. You're not imprisoned. Devaki and I, and I are. Get on a horse and go, go into the village. Nanda's there. He's a relative of, of ours. You stay with him. Let your child be born there. You'll be safe. We don't know what this comes, so we'll do. So on a horse she rode to Vrindavan. And as the pregnancy of, of, of Yashoda is coming on, comes Rohini, and she's pregnant also. And so they had a natural friendship, and of course they're related in the ways in which I'm uh, describing. So these are the two principal uh, uh, paradigmatic figures, embodiments of Vatsalya Rasa. Yashoda and Rohini. First, then Nanda, then we go Devaki, and so So, the richness of their love was comparable. Hmm? And so then, they're residing together there, and suddenly, as the pregnancy starts to come on, it was a long pregnancy too, Yashoda, hmm? who was so controlled, right? A sense controlled, like, it's like better than any yogi hmm, in the cave for a year. Uh, suddenly she started to get this desire for really good basmati rice saturated with ghee and sugar with tulsi leaves and other sweets and so many things. Hmm? Hmm? She wanted to just eat sumptuously. Hmm? <laughs> so, <laughs> so she thought, this is going to be an extraordinary child. He's going to have a good appetite, good taste and so forth. Uh, and as the birth time time came, the, the the star of Rohini, this is the fourth mother, the fourth daughter uh, of Daksha, the fourth amongst twenty whatever seven uh, daughters of Daksha that married the moon. This is a nice idea, Chandra the moon, hmm? and Rohini was his favorite wife. Hmm? These, these wives of the moon, they represent the different phases, the days of the moon, in, in, from waxing to waning and so forth. So Rohini is the constellation that was most uh, favored by the moon. Hmm? The moon is a nourisher, as it's thought in olden times in agricultural, agricultural communities today, to be a, an, an influence that gives a taste to the vegetables and a certain quality to the trees. In our monastery, in Madhavan, in Costa Rica, the local people that, uh, that advise us there and teach us there, 
they won't uh, if we want to have to cut any any tree old tree that should be cut to use for building hmm? cannot cut on certain days hmm? it won't work wood will fall apart on that day if you cut hmm? it won't be it won't have it won't fall apart but it won't last so only on certain days of the moon certain period when the moon is giving energy to the tree then you can take it in this is old idea. It's a good idea. Hmm? After all, the past is the future. Hmm? So, <laughs> so Krishna is born under the Rohini. Rohini, the influence of Rohini is who's born under the star of Rohini will be rich in religious life and rich in love life also. And his love life will also be kind of questionable at times. <laughs> It'll be so rich. Hmm? And he'll be rich in in the arts, and who's born under the Rohini constellation for his for his.